What's going on, everybody? Chris from Locked On Avalanche here. A special edition of the podcast today. The Rangers and the Avalanche square off tonight at Madison Square Garden. So why not do a crossover episode with our good friend John Chick over at Locked On Rangers? Let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Avalanche fans. Got a very special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Chris Maselli and Kyle Sullivan of Locked On Colorado Avalanche. And uh, guys, might as well just jump right into it here. Both our teams, 3-2-1 and one to start the season. Uh, a little bit of a mixed bag for the Rangers. Uh, as far as the Avalanche are concerned, I mean, how are you guys feeling so far as you uh, begin your quest to, you know, from your perspective, hopefully defend the uh, Stanley Cup here? Uh, for me, I, I'm, I, this kind of the start to the season that I thought the Avalanche would have just because it's kind of what I'm used to when it comes to Colorado Avalanche. They kind of come out of the gates uh, a little bit up and down, just kind of getting their, their feet wet, getting their legs. And it's pretty much what we've gotten. Like the, the first game against Chicago, I think emotions were high, they raised the banner. Uh, and then you're playing a team that, you know, we're not expecting much out of Chicago this year. So they looked good there. Followed up the very next day against Calgary, a tough back-to-back, but the you know every team has to deal with them. Uh, didn't look the best there, but didn't look horrible. And as it's, the season's gone on, you've gotten that. You've gotten some some really good games followed by like and you feel like that's the point of the of, the, of you know the season as early as it is. Is like okay, like we've overcome that early season rust, uh, and we'll see. The interesting thing is their their very last game, the most recent game against Vegas, they looked. Great. They looked really good in Vegas and went in there and, and took uh, took a game from them. The night before was in Denver against Seattle. It was a different story. Like, I don't think they played a particularly bad game against Seattle, uh, but they, they just, I mean, they lost. And that's a game you would expect them to win. So I don't know, John. I don't, I don't know what team you're going to get uh, when they play, play the Rangers just because that's where we are in the season. It's just, it's too early to kind of find your footing for them as a lot of teams are kind of dealing with that stuff. Yeah, and to echo Chris's point, this is exactly what you expect for the Colorado Avalanche, especially with how they came out last year. They had a worse start last year. We started the year hurt last year. We're doing the same this year with Landis Gog and Darren Helm. You're getting games that you think you're going to win, and they let down, kind of play to their opponent. And then they surprise you against games like Vegas, like Chris mentioned. So... This is about par for what you could expect for the Colorado Avalanche. So coming into this game against New York, you're curious to see how this team stacks up with the emotions on the line, with a goalie going back to his former team. And honestly, one of the powers in the East, you want to see how you stack up for what could potentially be a Stanley Cup final. It could happen. I mean, that, that'd be a, a heck of a matchup if it were to happen. And I'm sure we do a bunch more of these crossover episodes, you know, mm-hmm. if, if that indeed takes place. Um, And, you know, for the Rangers, it's funny because, you know, we're six games into the season for the Rangers. You know, four games in, I was feeling great. The Rangers were three and one. Uh, They knocked off the lightning on opening night. They look great. I still think that's their best performance of the season. Uh, Took care of business against the Minnesota Wild on the road. Uh, That's a good team. You know, a couple of defensive lapses late in that game, but for the most part, they ran away with it. And uh, the last two games, I'm not really sure what's going on. You know, losing to the Sharks three to two in overtime. Uh, They were at home. 
The Sharks were 0-5 going into that game. And then just a complete, you know, nothing performance uh, against the Blue Jackets now. So both both those games are at home. I mean, I'm not ready to hit the panic button or anything like that. But one thing that this Ranger team was so good at last year is if they had, like, a complete clunker, they were that much more likely to come back in the next game and just, like, really bring it and just really hit the Jets, be skating hard, playing hard, fighting for every puck. And I thought that the Sharks game would be the wake-up call. And it apparently was not because the Blue Jackets, you know, just outplayed them. And I was a little bit tough on the Rangers in, in, in my most recent episode. You know, I'm usually glass half full and uh, very optimistic. But, uh, you know, I, I felt like I had to call them out a little bit for that one. And, uh, you know, it almost feels like we're in a situation, guys, where it's like, you know, maybe these two teams that are thought of as, you know, potentially both top five teams in the league, maybe they can pull the best out of each other and just play a hell of a Ooh. hockey game, uh, you know, in, in this yeah. game coming up here tonight. <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's it. you know, like you said, the 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 Blue Jackets game. How, uh, where did that come from? <laughs> like, what what went wrong specifically? Because I didn't really get to watch a lot of that game. And I, when I look, I'm not kidding you. When I looked at the score, I'm like, oh, the Rangers won that five to one. It's like, oh no, that was the other way around. So I did, you know, all I really watched was kind of like the the highlights that they put up on YouTube, but what went wrong and is it anything that's concerning going forward or was that just one of those games that, that you don't have it that's going to happen a couple times during the season yeah i mean i would i would lean toward the toward the latter excuse me i mean you know they got off to a pretty good start in that game i'd say the first eight or ten minutes uh they had the better of play they gave up very few scoring opportunities in the first period uh seemed to have the rink tilted in their favor quite a bit did not end up scoring and then the blue jackets you know got a goal in transition um, you know, there was a situation where the Rangers turned the puck over, Blue Jackets go the other way, and they score. And, of course, Halak was in net, so you don't have Igor Shosturkin, and uh, Halak was not at his best here. He played very well against Winnipeg earlier in the season, but didn't have it in this one. So nothing overly concerning, but there were times where just the effort was lacking a little bit. And, again, I, I wouldn't be that upset about it, except that against the Sharks, I mean, they had just a nightmare of a third period and an even worse overtime and so I, I just thought they would bounce back. You know, that's been their MO uh, for last year in the uh, Gerard Gallant era here. And unfortunately, it, it just did not happen. But, uh, you know, you guys mentioned that the Avalanche, um, you know, went into Vegas and won. And Vegas off to a, a pretty solid start this season. Uh, what, you know, went right for them in that game and, and what clicked and how were they able to, to get two tough points on the road there? This is one of those games against Vegas where they came out. I think it was a little bit of embarrassment from the Seattle game. Um, that's not how you want to perform, especially with this team, as I mentioned, the Landeskog injury, trying to find its leadership and its voice going through this opening stretch of the season. And you felt like that team had a mission. They were going to go out there and they were going to play avalanche hockey. And that top line coupled with Val Nachushkin and what he's been contributing this year, that felt like a machine. That felt like avalanche hockey from last year. And that's what you wanted to see. So can they continue this? this mission type mindset going into this is going to be a road trip before they go overseas to play the global game. So can they keep it going? Can they keep that mindset or do they start putting it back in cruise control is what you're kind of worried about. Yeah. I think that the cracking game, you know, you had <clears throat> Francois in net. Um, so he was, you know, he, he's kind of, it went, again, it wasn't a horrible game. I think because, People are still of the mind of like Seattle is is like you know the expansion team. We shouldn't be losing to them. Like they're improved. I'm not going to say that they're 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 nowhere where they were last year. Are they a playoff team? I don't think they're there either. But they are going to compete this year. 
So I think people still have like that stain, like if you lose to the Kraken, like that's like inconceivable. And it's like, no, like they're, they're, but to go into Colorado and take a game from them, I don't think people really saw that coming. But yeah, you had your, your, your backup goalie in, but that's not an excuse because you've relied on him so many times in the past. And I think it was a good thing to happen to the Avalanche because what they do the very next day, like Kyle's saying, they went into Vegas and played great. They came out with energy and focus. And, and that's been kind of a rub on the Avs for this year and in years past. Like they do kind of come out if they're on the road a little bit slow. And then that second period is kind of where they take off. Uh, but they didn't do that in Vegas. They were on fire. And and a lot of people were looking to like like new acquisitions like uh like Evan Rodriguez. Uh great couple games against Seattle and Vegas. So it seems like he's getting his legs in in the new system and and playing on this team. Same thing with Alec Newhook. Like the questions that going into the season, you can see they're starting to a little bit get answered. At least Rodriguez is at least, you know, scoring now. Newhook was everywhere in the Vegas game. I thought he had a very good game. So, you know, and then in net with Georgiev, um, we did a crossover when when they traded for him, Johnny. You kind of like kind of yeah. dropped some knowledge for us on him. And I was the one that I, I, I got to see it. I've been impressed so far with how he's been playing. So I, that's another added thing that we cannot minimize going into New York for this game specifically. Uh, I, do, I, do you think he's like, angry that the Rangers didn't give him that that position because it was his to begin with and here comes Shesterkin um so do you think he has a chip on his shoulder against the Rangers or he understands that you know once Igor kind of established himself I'm not getting that position back because he's been so good what's his attitude towards the Rangers and the reason I ask that is obviously is he going to play angry which sometimes can be a good thing yeah, I mean, the, the short answer to that is I think that, I mean, to a certain extent, I think anybody has to understand that, okay, Igor Shosturkin went into just beast mode this past season, uh, was, you know, the best goalie in the league, and I think he understands that. By that same token, uh, I think he would have wanted to get a few more games, get a little bit more action than he got last season. And I'll give you uh, the longer answer to that in <laughs> just a second, and I'll, I'll have some questions for you guys about Georgie right. as well. Uh, but first, we do have to let everybody know about Athletic Greens. Uh, Athletic Greens is a product that I use every day because I wanted to see what all the hype was about and I wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. Now I've been on it for about six months and I love it. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy. Has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and antigens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate 
daily nutritional insurance. And uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about Alex Georgiev here. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, he, I, I think he's had a chip on his shoulder, honestly, since before, you know, Igor Shosturkin sort of took his place in line. Uh, there was a time where the Rangers were looking at him as maybe the uh, the replacement to Henrik Lundqvist. And then, of course, you know, you draft Igor Shosturkin. And uh, I mean, what a goalie he's turned into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would imagine that he probably will have, you know, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder going into this game. But I mean, this is somebody that was undrafted. He wasn't even really expected to make it to the NHL. And now he's playing on the defending Stanley Cup champions. So I think for all those reasons, he's always had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. Uh, He's not somebody that is going to go from being undrafted to making it to the NHL, but being content with just being a backup. You know what I mean? He's not going to go that far to just go that far. He he wants to be the guy. And, you know, I I like to think that he can at least appreciate the fact why it could not happen with the Rangers. But by that same token, I'm glad he's getting that chance with you guys. I think it was a great landing spot for him. And uh, yeah, you know, obviously, Chris, you, you touched on it just a second ago, but uh, early impressions of Alex Georgiev. I mean, how do you feel about how he's played and uh, how he's handled the pressure of, once again, you know, joining the Stanley Cup champions and replacing a goalie in Darcy Kemper, who I understand was pretty popular over there? Yeah, he was popular. I, I, I liked I think he was popular because his attitude is so good. He, he's just, you know... Hockey players can be dry. <laughs> when you ask them a question, they kind of give you canned answers, just monotone. Uh, he was always smiling, kind of goofing around with people. So you liked that aspect. Um, and his play was 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 good. Like that's the thing with the avalanche. It was you just need good enough from your goalie. I don't really like that mindset. I don't want to, I don't want that to be like a consistent theme for the avalanche, just good enough and just put so much pressure on your defense. Um but he he was good. Like his, his regular season, he was pretty solid. Struggled a little bit in the playoffs. Um, seems like there was an injury there that was lingering around, but he wasn't going to sit out. And uh, yeah, it, it, just the money didn't work. And now he's he's gone. And and they brought in Georgiev. And, and early on, uh, and I always said it. Like I, I, I I'm, it's it was one of those things. <clears throat> I need to see it. Like you you have to. I got to see what 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 you can do on the ice. I'm not just going to say like it was a good move, um, but early returns is um, I'm happy and I will gladly, you know, eat my words for it. He's got to continue it. I mean, we're early into the season, but um, he's started off on the right foot. And and the one thing that and Colin and I talk about this all the time with Kemper, his, his, his re, I mean, he's a big guy. Darcy Kemper's a big, tall guy. So like his reflexes of you know getting back up on his skates were a little bit lacking. Georgiev seems pretty quick. He seems he seems to do that quickly, and he seems like his puck tracking is much better than than Darcy Kemper. He just seems to know even if he if if he knows that he hasn't corralled the puck and it's there's a rebound, he seems to know which direction it's gone in. And I say that thinking like yeah, most goalies should know how to do that. Kemper struggled with that mightily. So uh, you do see some like improvements in the in how the position is played. So right now, yeah, I, I kind of like what I see. He's playing well, and I just hope obviously that continues. Kyle, I think I was a little bit less of a fan of Darcy Kemper in his time in Colorado because honestly, if you go back and you take a step back and you take off the Avalanche colors, Varlamov, Grubauer, and now Kemper. Look at where they are post avalanche they 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 are not getting that same success they had in colorado um all had a commanding season at one point that 
the word Vesna was thrown out a couple of times. And now when you have Yorgiev back there, he's on almost a turnkey goalie. Um, and it's something that the Avalanche don't have to compensate for. And just like a bare minimum, like C plus B plus goalie that you don't have to compensate for is so refreshing where he's not playing outside the trapezoid or really playing pucks almost to the blue line where he's in his net, got really good reflexes, good shot tracking, good rebound control, where you really don't have to overcompensate. And you can look and you're like, that's a pretty good goalie. You don't have yeah. to do a lot. It's refreshing for Avalanche fans to see. And this defense is starting to trust him a little bit more. And you can see that synergy between the two. Hmm. Yeah, I saw a quote from Georgiev. You know, I, I think it was pretty early in the season. It might have even been before the season started. But he was asked about something about like, oh, you know, what do you think about having to learn this new system with the Avalanche? And he said something along the lines of, yeah, my system is I have to stop the puck, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. Right. And, you know, he's, I don't know if he was like trying to be funny there, or if that was just like a dead honest answer. I mean, he tends to be a little bit on the quiet side, but um, that sounds like it's kind of in contrast to, to Kemper. You guys mentioned yeah. that he, he liked <laughs> to joke around a little bit. Um, how about the fan base? You know, are, are they warming up to him? Do do they feel like it's an improvement or uh, just any any idea as far as, you know, the pulse of uh, Avalanche fans on the Georgiev pickup? Yeah, I I think honestly, when it comes to Avalanche fans, like you could you could watch Twitter just blowing up every great save, especially and it's amplified by Kemper and what he's doing in Washington. It's almost like you could easily point, see what we left behind, and you could point to Yorgiev and a great goal or a great rebound control. It almost overinflates his stock just a little bit. So Avalanche fans are kind of at a point of overreacting to his play, which is understandable, but. They are really enjoying his play so far. And when Frankie goes out there and doesn't have the greatest game, it also amplifies Yorgiev. So he's getting a little bit of a overinflation just because of the points I said. Like he could come in and do his job and he does it well. That's refreshing for Avalanche fans. Yeah, I, th I think um, I wouldn't go as far as, you know, people are happy with him, obviously. But I think Avalanche fans are just used to turnover at the goalie position right now. With you know, you've had three years, you've had three different goalies: between Grubauer, uh, Kemper, and and now Georgiev. I think Avalanche fans are just, as far as the position goes, they're not attached to any like one goalie. They signed him for for multiple years, so you know this might be your first goalie that's going to hang around for a couple years anyway. So I think as the season goes on, if he continues his play, if he can be that guy that steals games. You know, if the defense isn't playing well and he's one of those guys that stands on his head, then the fan base will really be like, we got our guy. Um, but I think just right now, they're, they're so enamored with with Kale McCarr and, and Nathan McKinnon and, you know, th those superstar players that they have. Um, I don't say this as a slight against Georgiev. I think just in, in the in the fans' mindset, it's just he he's in, in oversight. Uh, for who they're rooting for. And it's just because these guys, these position players are just doing just incredible things. It's just, you hear that all the time. They can put whoever they want back there and 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 they'll get wins. Um, I like him so far. And I think Kyle's right. There's a lot of fan, the, a lot of the fan base is looking at him like thinking like, all right, we, we have a goalie now that we can kind of get behind. Uh, but now you just want to see those those moments come. And, and he's done it. He's done it. A couple times already this season, man, he's he's had a flurry of shots that he's saved. You keep doing that stuff, and you're you're going to be up there in the the mind of the fan with guys like you know McCarr and, and McKinnon and, and Landeskog. But one guy who for the Avalanche that is just he he's becoming 
because Val Nachuskin is playing ungodly right I'm now, that's another reason why people yeah. are kind of just, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and the one goal that the Rangers got uh, was Artemi Panarin, who put him above, well, they were tied. Panarin and uh, Nachuskin were tied for at 11 points for most points in the league. Panarin, because of that single goal the Rangers had to get, uh, put him at number 12. But talk about Panarin, like off to a good start, obviously. So um, we'll talk about Nachuskin as well. But I want to hear about Panarin. And who else on the Rangers is kind of off to one of those hot starts, like we're saying with Panarin and, and uh, Val Nachuskin? Yeah, I mean, Panarin's been awesome. He was, he was really tough on himself after his performance in the playoffs last year. And, you know, there, there were too many times in the playoffs where he would just have a turnover kind of out of nowhere. He would just kind of lose control of the pocket and give it away. Or, you know, he would just try to make a blind pass to nobody, and then that would result in a turnover. Artemi Panarin just was not Artemi Panarin in the playoffs this past season. With all that said, and this tells you how good he is, despite struggling quite a bit in the playoffs, 20 playoff games for the Rangers, 16 points. Like, that's his floor. That That's as bad as it can get for Panarin and a Game 7 overtime winner against the Penguins. Um, but this year, you know, it looks like he's just back to being himself, just playing instinctive hockey. Uh, they've got him out there with uh, Vincent Trocek, who's new to the Rangers, and he's off to a heck of a start, mm. too. Um, so that, that's been nice to see those two have, you know, seemingly instant chemistry. They, they've really looked good together. And uh, even more recently, they've had Alexi Lafreniere on that line. They wanted to start Krafts off there because Panarin kind of took him under his wing during training camp and the preseason, but uh, Krafts off got hurt. Lafreniere, I've been calling for him to be in the top six anyway. And uh, that line, you know, Trocek, Panarin, and, and Lafreniere, I mean, they, earlier in the season, just looked lethal every single time they were on the ice. They've slowed down a little bit these last two games. These last two games just haven't been any good. Um, but that is a very dynamic line. And uh, I got to say, the Vincent Trocek pickup, I liked it when they did it, and I'm feeling even better about it now. Uh, just one of those really good all-around players, somebody that's like a B-plus, A-minus in every aspect of hockey, somebody that I've always liked. He's always been one of my favorite non-Rangers. So uh, I was really happy when they got him. And obviously, look, there's there's some pressure on him because the Rangers had this awesome run to the Eastern Conference Final uh, this past season. And now he's like the big prized free agent get of the offseason for the Rangers. And, oh, man, you better have chemistry with Panarin. Well, he does. And he's off to a heck of a start here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Panarin and uh, Trocek are the two guys I would point to. Mika's a Banajad, too. I mean, you know, he's he's slowed down a little bit in these last couple games, again, like everybody has. Uh, but, man, this mm -hmm. guy, when he's at his best, he's just all over the ice, playing in all three zones, and uh, just one of the elite centers in this league. Um, but as for Nachuskin, um, how, how has he been doing? You know, what, what's been the key to this success? Six goals, five assists in six games. And, uh, you know, you, you think about the Avalanche, you think McKinnon and, and McCarr and Landis Cog, But, I mean, this guy's a heck of a player, is he not? Oh, Don't ask yeah. Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas just yeah. gave him away for nothing. They didn't yeah, want they, anything to do with him. Unbelievable. They let him walk out the door and... He's nicknamed the Choo Choo Train for a reason, and that's honestly how his production has been building. And this has been coming from last season through the playoffs, played the Stanley Cup with a broken foot, and he's continued. Like he's healed up through the offseason, and he's continued this trajectory. And he is, he landed the big deal in the offseason. And it's one of those things that, oh, you have that worry in the back of your mind. Once they make that money, what are they going to do this next season? Are they going to just kind of coast now that they are making bank? He hasn't stopped. He's yeah. uh, he's a force to be reckoned with on the ice. And this is, you could tell he's playing comfortable. And this is the style of hockey he wants to play. And the team recognizes his skill and what he wants to do. 
And it's one of those that you just don't see it cooling off because even at his average, he's walking away with a point. Yeah, you know, with uh, the loss of you know, guys like Andre Burkowski and uh, Nazem Kadri, you, you need guys to to step up. He's been doing this. Uh, he did it all last year where he, now he just needs to be even more so. And he's off to a fantastic start. Um, I think, you know, going into the offseason when, when he was a free agent, um, I think like a lot of people thought maybe he'd get a four or five year deal. Uh, and for the Avalanche to, to secure him for eight years, I think is one of the, the most like best feel good stories. Uh, it, it, it's got to be. That doesn't really get talked about enough. Because the guy was just just left for dead, yeah. And and when the Avalanche brought him in, it was on a complete trial basis. Like we'll just give you a shot, and it took some time for him to get going. It wasn't like since day one he's been off and running. Um, if you told me after that first year he's going to be getting an eight year deal in a couple of years, and say you're nuts. <laughs> um, but he's shown he's shown that he deserves it. And like Kyle said, like a lot of guys, when sometimes they get these big contracts, they play great in their contract year and then they get the contract and then they kind of go back down to what they normally play like. He's exceeding that. And I think he's so grateful for the opportunity that the Avalanche have given him. Uh, he's not going to stop. And I, I look every time he plays Dallas, I look forward to it. Because like we're talking about how Georg, if Georgiev is bitter towards the Rangers, Nichuskin is bitter towards towards Dallas. And and it, it's it's a great thing to watch. Uh, you have to root for a guy. He's such a, a humble guy. He's very low key. Uh, so when he gets like energized after a goal, you're like, you you know, it's a big deal. And his forechecking is some of the best in the league. Uh, he's just, just so tall and lanky. He's tough to get around. Uh, and when he wants to get around you, like you saw in that Vegas game, that that game winning goal, he can do it. He's got skill, and he just needed the confidence. And it took a little while to get there, but he's got it uh, hand over fist right now. So, you know, he's, he's a scary dude because his confidence is there. The contract is there. He knows he's not to worry about that for a long time. He can just go play hockey, which he's really good at, if you haven't noticed. He's, all, yeah. he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's obviously been outstanding, and it is a cool story. And I, I think sometimes, you know, teams will – the Rangers did do this, this with Trocek. I don't know if the Avalanche did this too, but – you know, Trocek, I, I think it was a seven-year deal for him. I don't have Cap Friendly open for, like, the first time in my life. But um, <laughs> Let's take a but look. Yeah, I mean, that, to me, was a way for the Rangers to keep the average annual value down a little bit. You offer him more years and a little bit less money per year. Mm -hmm. Did they do that with Nachuskinen, or was that just, you know, that they just wanted to lock him up for that long? No, they just wanted to lock him up for yeah. – uh, they changed they changed Cap Friendly around. Yeah. Uh, just a little stuff on the top there, but whatever. Um, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so no, for, for Nachuskin, um, I don't, I have the, who were we talking about for the Rangers? I'm sorry. We were talking about, uh, Trotrek. uh, Trotrek. So Trotrek, uh yeah. seven year deal at 5.625 million. Yes. Per. I, I believe it was yes. seven years. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Seven years for that. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I don't remember the, the, the hit that Nachuskin was going to have. Let me see. He's at 6.125. Okay over eight years. So, um, no, you just, you have, you have to root for guys like that. You yeah, ab so, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. there, there is one other former Ranger that is now on your team. You know, the Rangers had to put Dryden Hunt on waivers because they mm. want to get their roster down to 22. 
you know, save some cap space, accrue more cap space heading into the deadline this season. Uh, but unfortunately for the Rangers, Dryden Hunt got claimed. Uh, he seemed to be a, a favorite of Gerard Gallant, you know, hardworking fourth-line player. I know he's only played two games with you guys, but what was your reaction to, to picking him up? And, I mean, how has he done in, in, in the two games here with limited ice time? I mean, he's he's doing exactly what we need him to do. Um, yep. We're not asking him to go out there and be Landeskog. Um, he knows his role, and Bednar, he has him exactly where he needs to be, and he's been fine. Um, we've called up players. We sent down players, and Jordan Hunt, he's doing exactly what he needs to do better than those that are already in the system. So we'll see how this goes, and especially going into New York, this is it's only going to help because he knows what to face. So... We'll see how this goes and how we could build off this, but I mean, you can't complain with yeah. a pickup. No, I think uh, for the for the Abs, it was they needed they needed help because they they had put Lucas Sedlak on waivers, and Philly claimed him. Um, and it was how you're saying Gallant likes him. Um, it's it's the same with Jared Bednar. Bednar really liked Lucas Sedlak, and and I can almost guarantee you they they didn't want him to get claimed. Um, but it happened. And, and so you, you know, the abs needed some, that's the one thing going in was that they needed depth. Uh, so I actually think Dryden Hunt's a little bit of an upgrade from, from said, like, yeah. I think it worked in the avalanche favor. He's a, a little bit bigger guy. He's a little bit more physical than said is. And that's what they need down on, on the depth line. So, um, I, I, I was okay with it. I mean, it's not going to move mountains or anything like that, but in terms of what you lost compared to what you got, um, I think it's a net positive for the Avalanche a little bit to get Hunt and and not have Sedlak back. So, yeah, I mean that know. makes sense to me. I I, I figure, um, you know, we, we can wrap up. Maybe uh, we'll do like an under the radar player to watch for each team, and then we can throw out a couple of uh, of predictions if if sure. you guys want to do that. Yeah. So I mean, Avalanche. Look, Ranger fans, we know about McKinnon and McCarr, Landis Cog. We just talked about Nachuskin. Anybody that's like really impressing you guys. Uh, early in the season, that's a little bit under the radar, and maybe somebody that could potentially have a big game uh, against the Rangers. I I have Josh Manson has okay. been a player that I have really since we picked him up from the Ducks at the trade deadline last year. He has really settled in and become a really big part of the decor. Um, I'm really liking his play, and he's only getting more physical, and he knows his role. Like he he has walked away from fights. Like, he knows exactly what he's out there to do and what he's bringing to the team. And in a game with Revo staring across the line at you, it's it's going to be somebody that you're going to look you're going to look for. So, Josh Manson, keep an eye on him. And throughout the year, honestly. Mm. Uh, I'll keep it on the D side, too. And I'm sure, you know, Av Avalanche fans have uh, definitely heard the name Bowen Byron. I'm sure uh, New York Ranger fans have as well. But he's starting to like come into his own. Like th this is like the Bo Byram that we we know we knew that we've had. Just injuries last year kind of like got in the way. Um, he he's a scary scary player, and and it's just it's you know we always say it's a gluttony of riches for the Avalanche on defense. Um, we said that not having guys like Josh Manson and just having like draft picks like you know like Bo Byram just wanting to see him finally like get enough opportunity and, and kind of like put the injuries behind him, which always can creep up. You never know. Uh, but he's playing incredible and it's carried over from the Stanley cup. Uh, as far as time on ice, he, he was, he had the highest time on ice on, on the team during the Stanley cup, which is crazy. So now like he's, 
gotten off to a fantastic start. He's healthy. He's fit. Like he, watch out for him because uh, he's sneaky fast. He's got a great shot, and he plays really good defense. So I would say uh, Bo Byram as well. What about for uh, for your your blue shirts? Yeah. So I mean, had he not gotten hurt in the last game, and he, he's going to be out for about a week, I might have said Philip Hedel. You know, Hedel was part of uh, the kid line that really kind of took off in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And they've they've since broken up that line. Uh, the three of them are on three different lines. You know, I mentioned Lafreniere's with uh, Panarin and Trocek. And Kako's been on the top line with Mika and Kreider. But what's been really impressive about Hedel is, you know, he's been one of the most consistent Ranger forwards in terms of effort and just having his legs under him every every night, uh, looking dangerous when he's on the ice, playing a little bit more physical this year as well. Uh, again, just just a lot of consistency coming from Philip Hedl and somebody that's looking like he might be about to take that next step. Uh, with him out of the lineup, though, and, you know, the other thing that was really impressive about him is, you know, he's playing with different wingers every single night, and he's still going out there and, and looking good no matter who's with him. Uh, but with him out of the lineup, you know, I'm going to go with a little bit of a curveball here, and I'm going to say Barkley Goodrow. He's not known yeah. as, like, an offensive juggernaut, obviously, but I just feel like he's due. Uh, He did set a new career high in points this past season with the Rangers, and he does have this knack for, like, when a team just kind of needs something, it feels like he scores. I mean, we we know when, uh, you know, he had the Game 7 overtime winner, uh, you know, a few years ago, (laughs) member of the Sharks, um, scored a couple goals for for Tampa that were big in their two playoff runs to the Stanley Cup, and, um, you know, I I think just somebody that that could step up and and just find, like, a blue-collar kind of a goal uh, in a game like this. So I'm going to go with Barclay Goodrow. What about a, uh, we got to get predictions. If we're doing oh, yeah. a crossover, teams are playing each other. We got to get predictions. So what do you, what are you thinking, John? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I keep thinking that the, the bounce back performance is coming from the Rangers. Maybe it's just coming a game late. I thought it was going to happen against the Blue Jackets. It did not, but I get the feeling that, you know, after that game, uh, Gerard Gallant was pretty tough on them. They're going to come out skating really hard. And, uh, you know, treating this like a, a very important game because it is one. Uh, you don't want to be dropping three games in a row this early in the season. I think the Rangers are going to win this game about 4-3. to three. I, I could see a situation where you know, maybe the Rangers are up like 4-2 to two and then the Avalanche score with like a minute and a half to go just to make me sweat it out a little bit, <laughs> make Ranger fans sweat it out. And, uh, you know, of course, the Avalanche have so much firepower. It wouldn't surprise me to, to see them get a late goal in such a situation. But... Uh, I will say, I think the Rangers defend home ice. Uh, they got to bring it. They got to be better. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it would kind of continue this weird trend early in the season where they're beating good teams and losing to not so good teams. And, <laughs> yeah. and on top of that, they seem to do best when they are considered the underdog and they're playing the champs. I, I think it's a good recipe for them to bounce back. Maybe I'm just being blindly optimistic, but I'm going to take the Rangers four to three. And uh, you guys can go ahead and make your predictions now as well. Good. Yeah. What do you got, Kyle? The Rangers score first, and okay. the Az will score three in a row. Oh. Oh. Rangers will bring it back. Okay. Pull the goalie. Az win 4 2. Empty netter? On an empty netter? I betcha. Okay. okay. It'll be okay. something ugly from EJ that d- just doesn't belong in there. <laughs> It'll be a 4 appreci- 2 game. Yeah. I appreciate how specific that was. We actually got the order of the goals. I like that. Very nice. I love it. If that happens, oh my God. Uh, yeah, online. Yeah, yeah, Um, I, there's so many like uh, like storylines as far as like what John said. It like you know both the well the Avalanche are, are pretty well rested. You know they haven't played since Saturday, 
So they have a couple days off. I know you're traveling cross country, but you're you're pretty well. It's not like the opening night back to back when you played against Chicago. They went up to Calgary, so you had like so you should come out good. But yeah, you have the Rangers coming off a loss and a bad loss and at home. That's tough. I think the Rangers are going to come out flying. Um, and I, I think, you know, the Avalanche can obviously keep up with them, but, um, it, 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 this is going to be a challenge, but I'm, I, I've never re- really done this before that I can think of. I think Georgiev is going to be otherworldly. I'm going, and I, and Shesterkin obviously always will be one to nothing Colorado wow. Avalanche okay. in overtime. In overtime. Whoa, no. So I, I think, you know, Shesterkin's so tough to score on. I think Jorgev wants to prove himself to his old team. Uh, one nothing. So expect a 6-7 to seven shootout. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> if I've ever predicted a one nothing win. I don't think I have. Uh-huh. I, I know I've done 2-1 a couple of times, you know, and, and, and a couple low-scoring games and high-scoring games, but... That, and with the way like that the league, the league is scoring left and right right now, a, a one to nothing game, like, almost has never happened. I don't think it's happened at all. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I saw something. It was it was the fifty fifth game of the year this year was the first game to go to a shootout when wow. the previous record was like the nineteenth game of the year. So wow. scoring is crazy. Scoring is go, is is just happening left and right. Yeah. So yeah, to predict a one to nothing game is uh, a little bit out there. But I'm doing it, boys. I'm doing yeah, it. I, this is the I game. can't wait for this one. I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game <laughs> one way or the other. I, I think both teams are going to come out flying. And, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, uh, fellas, it's a pleasure as always. Uh, yes. where, can, uh, where can everybody find you? Anybody that's listening to Lockdown Rangers, where can they find you guys? And where can they find the show? Uh, Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Uh, Lockdown Avalanche on Instagram. And uh, definitely our, our YouTube channel. Just search for Lockdown Avalanche. And you can follow Kyle's personal Twitter page at... Jackie Von Doom. Love it. And, what about uh, yeah, you, man? For any, for any Avalanche fans, uh, at JChick17 on Twitter or at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers for the show. And, of course, we're available wherever you're listening to this uh, as well as YouTube. You might be l- watching on YouTube, but, yes, we yes. are there. So, uh, so yeah, uh, good times, guys. Uh, enjoy the game. And yeah, Ranger fans, Avalanche fans, uh, we will see you guys next time. All right. Go, Abs, Go, Abs, go.